0: Welcome back to another episode of Different Spokes. My name is Matt Smith. Today we have part three and the conclusion of the Matt Lawhead journey across the country with his girlfriend and dog. This episode was special because we have Eshawn and Shiloh joining in on the conversation. And a couple quick topics we hit along the way are why Lawhead took the trip, helmet safety, highs and lows to working remotely, camping slash vaulted toilets, and we get into a little bit about purchasing a house as well. I feel like I've learned something in this episode, and I hope you do, too. Here we go. Lawhead, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks. Glad to be back. Um, we got uh, two extra, extra special guests, Shiloh and Ishan. Say what's up, guys.
1: What up, Shiloh? What's up? Um,
0: thanks, for, thanks for being on, guys. This is, I think, Ishan's <clears throat> first appearance on on the podcast. Ooh,
1: first one ever. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so, um... Yeah, Lawhead's back in town. We decided to catch up, you know.
2: Yeah, finally back home. Uh, Made a lot of moves since I've been home. We got home about a month ago. Started house searching right away. Got a new job within like a month. And uh, have a lot of big life stuff going on. And then trying to juggle riding with that. Obviously got home. Stoked to ride with all the homies right off the bat. First weekend home. We're not riding today because it's raining out in Pennsylvania. So this was our... uh, Backup day or backup uh, plan to still do something and all get to hang out.
0: Yeah, currently it's four dudes in like a eight foot by eight foot room. It's <laughs> it's a little room, yeah. <laughs> that's a okay. real yeah. tiny
1: room. Lots of dudes.
0: Um, so yeah, just to do a recap, what the trip's purpose was. You wanted to touch on that first.
2: Yeah. So for anybody that hasn't listened to like the first two sections we did for this, basically like my girlfriend and I traveled the country. We stayed in three different place or five different places for five months and uh, just like experience something new, places we hadn't been, um, and ultimately like decide if we wanted to settle down where we grew up or move somewhere like across the country. And um, looking back now, it achieved like its exact purpose. Like um, we got the exact outcome that we wanted. we spent a lot of time just like being in the car on the road or like always being together we had a lot of time to talk and we just like analyzed everything like every aspect every detail and ultimately we decided like logistically it was best to settle at home where her family's here my family's here and then obviously all of our friend network support network is all here so Mm -hmm. we said hey if we move across the country to do things we want to do we're going to have, like, an example would be, like, oh, we want to move here so we have better skiing. We move out there, and who's going to watch the dog? You know, like, we're going to be gone all day. Like, yeah is that enough? You know, can we go ski for the day, come back, let the dog out? Like, reali- realistically, that's not going to work. So we figured once we move home, we're going to have people to help us out. But, yeah, the whole purpose of the trip was to figure out where we wanted to settle down. Um, back in June, her lease was up. And we didn't know, like, did we want to get an apartment and stay local? Did we want to move somewhere? And it was an opportunity where she works remotely. Um, I had gotten a new employer, but for the same company uh, around the same time. And we agreed that I would work remotely and still manage all the same stuff. And it just worked out. So we kind of had to jump on it. Like, you don't really get that, uh, you know, most people or like a lot of people don't get that opportunity to do something like that. And we were like, we have to really utilize this and make the best of it
0: so Michigan was the last place
2: yeah yeah, and I was asking you to kind of like remind me I guess we were like that might have been my third week like three out of third out of the fourth week of uh, being in Michigan when we were up there we did the last podcast and um, the original one the first one was when I was in Portland so that was my second month on the road when I was in Portland we did the first podcast then I was in Idaho. Then we went to Michigan. We did the next one. And since then, I guess it's been about two months. So I was in Colorado Springs. Then we drove home, and we've been home for about a month. So we tried to, like, space it out where I could have, like, the same amount of uh, content for each section of this. But then again, this wasn't really planned from the beginning. You know, mm-hmm. we kind of, like, just came up with this on, like, on the fly.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, it really grew into something that I didn't expect it to be. Like, I didn't expect – originally, I thought I was just going to, like – talk about myself like i didn't realize i had a goal in mind for this and now i've kind of like realized like the way i wanted to convey the information i wanted it to be like educational for somebody else to like apply to something something that hopefully they do in their life and uh they could possibly utilize some portion of this to apply to themselves and find something out about themselves or like how they want to move forward in life
0: did you guys want to circle back on colorado
2: Yeah, yeah, that's where Shiloh comes in, so.
1: Yeah, that was, I uh, decided that Matt was going to Colorado Springs, what was it, December 5th to like the 12th, somewhere in there. So I set up a plan with my girlfriend Allie to fly out there, and she has family that live in Colorado Springs. And it wound up being five minutes away from Matt's Airbnb that he was staying in that month. Yeah. So when we got out there, I met up with him, like, almost immediately. We went and rode the skate park and whatnot. Um, And we, like, just, I mean, I was checking out most of Colorado during that time, too. We went to, like, Garden of the Gods and whatnot together. But uh, then we did some riding. But uh, it wound up being the craziest week of weather in Colorado. So there was uh, Wednesday. I was wearing no shirt, 78 degrees outside. I was in, like, the hot springs in uh Mount Richmond and then the very next day it didn't go above 23 degrees Yeesh. and it was like and it snowed what like 3 inches almost yeah
2: yeah at least like 3 inches and we just ended up LFSing all day like that was supposed to be a riding day um like ultimately like Shallow was out there for about a week and he was trying to split it I don't know what. You yeah say. I was trying to Maybe utilize 50, 50. like
1: my entire trip and like get as much riding done <clears throat> as well as like sightseeing with the girlfriend <clears throat> you know what I mean And, like, the weather just completely screwed everything that we had in mind.
2: Yeah, because then you couldn't do anything. You know, you couldn't go hiking or you couldn't even leave the house and you couldn't ride. So it was just like both you kind of missed out on for one day.
1: So um, we really didn't get much riding done. I, like, I would like to plan another trip back out there, take my bike with me, ride the spots that we found. We found so much in a small area we yeah in one little town we easily found two weeks worth of stuff oh yeah easily
2: um and that was just like pretty super superficial like just driving down main roads you know that wasn't even really like creeping behind every single building and we found that much stuff
1: i feel like a lot of their architecture is so cool compared to what we're used to seeing i mean we see a lot of big rails and like hilly areas because we live in pennsylvania so like pittsburgh and stuff like that we have a lot of like I don't know, old steel and old buildings and, like, stone and brick and all that stuff. But, like, over on that side, like, things are aluminum. A lot of stuff is like, brand new. And, like, they also have, like, a lot of ditch spots that we don't got and stuff oh, like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And there's, like, so much, like... I don't know, it seems like more rideable architecture. Like, even their... I want to say even their concrete is smoother. Like, I'm not even yeah. not even
0: <laughs> But they have the
1: worst potholes as well. Like, they also have the worst roads to drive on altogether. Because of and, all that shitty weather. Dude, I mean, they, you feel like you're getting beat up in the driver's seat. That's uh, just facts. The saddest. Matt's van had to get, like, demolished by Colorado roads.
2: <laughs> dude, I... <laughs> I almost feel the opposite like I was impressed by how good they were compared to southeastern Pennsylvania where the roads are shit you know they still haven't repaired the potholes from last winter when the plow trucks tore up the road so like for what Colorado was and the amount of snow they got and being in the mountains I thought the roads were awesome where at home they're horrible you know you feel like you're getting you know your vehicles like rocking apart anytime you drive anywhere at home.
1: Every day. Pa, yeah, Pa. We got some dumb roads. Uh,
0: That's <laughs> Trash ass highways. Yeah, yeah it's tax. just
2: Like, where are our taxes going? Like, what's it going to? Because it's not going to road maintenance. And like, I don't know. It barely snows here, so yeah. what are you know?
1: But yeah, so um, we wound up we wound up getting a little bit of riding in, and that was like all stopped with like my face smacking the ground. We had this whole plan set up. We didn't care how cold it was, how windy it was. And it was cold, and it was windy. It was, like, 28 degrees when we woke up. And uh first spot of the day, it was this, like, hip that was, like, built this whole way around this building, and it had brick ledges, like, throughout. And it was, like, the craziest spot. So, I had, uh, recently, I had hurt my hand from falling, and I, like, knew taking my hands off the bars was, like, a trash idea. Yeah. But... I took my hands off anyway. I was trying to do a tuck over this hip. Dude, my, missed my hand. My bar is twisted. Uh, my bar is like stabbed in the ground on one end and into my sternum with uh, the other end. Luckily, it was my bar inside. Um, <laughs> and like, next thing you know, my bar is like catapulted me to my face. And Matt comes running over. I'm like struggling to breathe. I'm like, and he, he just starts asking me. He's like, muscle or skeleton? Muscle or skeleton? And I was like, oh both breath like dude, like it was just like uh, awful. And I he,
2: yeah, I I saw a Shallow Fall and I was just having flashbacks when I broke my sternum because I saw the way it went down. I couldn't quite tell where his hands went. I knew his face hit the ground, like I didn't know what you pivoted on, like I didn't yeah, know how you yeah. went forward. Um That was my sternum. Yeah, <laughs> but that that sucked. That was like you said, the first spot of the day. We were supposed to have like this big day plane we were gonna ride all day, like eight, yep. nine hours. First spot got hurt. We went to urgent care. we were probably there. I don't know, an hour or two. You got patched up. Um, we did hit one more spot. But Man, I got a the, wall
1: ride done. It was sick. Yeah,
2: the day was pretty much toast at that point. It wasn't like the highest uh,
1: morale levels. Nah, super low produ- productivity. Uh, sad day altogether. But yeah. um, let me be-
2: kind of let me kind of like expand on your status because I know the Michigan. V two podcast V two, we talked about like Shallow getting hurt before yeah. it was coming out. So like mm-hmm. you had gotten hurt in what was that? September. You got knocked out, hurt your hand, and I remember seeing the footage and right away I was like, You better heal up, like you got three weeks yeah. to heal up. So when you got out like three weeks later, like you were kind of bouncing back
1: from an injury, yep. like nursing, having fallen on your face. Um, um Dude, for like the first time ri- that my first time riding on like back on my bike was at the Colorado Springs Park and I remember trying tire rides and my left hand like still to this day is kind of like a little iffy sometimes but I remember trying tire rides on this one rail and it felt like my hand couldn't put enough pressure down to keep me balanced on the rail so I would constantly just like skip off and go into like off the uh, pegs you got a pin or, now, dude and it was dude it, it sucked I mean I'm finally getting it back now mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Um, I think that had a lot to do <laughs> with smacking my face twice and it like it it definitely sucked doing it two times in a row same eye like same side of my face that's rough and then uh, not only that but I have like a permanent black eye now so like that's kind of crazy. really yeah it do was, we see there's like days where this will like stay black and blue which really? is really yeah, my boss asked me the other day he was like you a know, black eye and I was like no dude they have not like months <laughs> ago now maybe it'll take like years to go away or something yeah I have no clue or I mean wow. it kind of looks like a teardrop though so it's kind of tight Best, right? <laughs> but um yeah dude so ultimately I got a helmet right finally did that I don't know why there's like a stigma against helmets there but, is like, none man I, yeah it, it's going like, away yeah definitely I, right I feel like there was one and it's cool to see that going away mm-hmm. you know yeah. what I mean it's cool to see that kids are starting to wear helmets and people are starting to wear helmets and like yeah I kind of awesome. want to wear one but I'm all I do
0: is ching bottle caps on the ground so
1: see and sure that's what I'm saying and then there's there's that there's yeah. that thing that people do and they're like is your level of riding worth a helmet though bro and it's like wait a second that shouldn't be a question it's like you could still fall and hit your head oh hell yeah, yeah. you know what I mean like and because because we do that too like we say there's no stigma and then we divide the lines of like what's helmet worthy and what's not right you know what I mean instead of just saying like you ride a bike put a helmet on yeah, yeah. It's and cool life. that a,
2: a lot of people that are setting the example of wearing a helmet, mm-hmm. it wasn't a choice. It wasn't like so-and-so, like, oh, they just feel better wearing a helmet. Their sponsor was like, no, you have to. Yeah. And that's cool to, like, take that out of the equation. Like, you see all these riders now, they have helmets on. They have to, you know, and it's it's for the best. Um, but not every kid seeing that knows their sponsor is making them wear that helmet. They just see, like, oh, my favorite rider is wearing a helmet. Like, I probably should, too. Yeah. and it's really for the best and helmet technology has gotten better and more streamlined where you're not wearing some dorky Yo. helmet you know you're not wearing some dorky thick pro tech that came out 10 years ago it's so streamlined like it can go under a hood you can still wear a hat whatever and uh, it just kind of blends in you know it's just mm-hmm. like how many other sports how many other athletes in sports wear some kind of equipment you know so like why don't
1: we you know yeah. I don't think it's bad I think it's cool yeah watching Nathan Williams do what he does without a helmet on is like super mind blowing you know what I mean like watching that champagne part it it blows your mind you're like dude how do you fall that from that height without any like yeah I um I
0: heard this doctor talk about how sensitive the skull is Mm -hmm. and they said it's basically like a watermelon Mm mhm like, that's, like, think of how much, how much, how high up you'd have to drop a watermelon to damage it. Probably not that high. That's how high you'd have to drop your head to damage it, okay? So then, if you picture someone skating, like, um, that Hollywood high rail, mm-hmm, yeah. doing, like, a backside board slide, and just picturing a watermelon on top of their head, <laughs> like, that's what you're
1: fucking around with when you ride without a helmet. Oh, dude, that's what, uh, um, Nigel Sylvester, or... Nadah Houston. Houston, yeah, naja yeah. Houston. Yeah, yeah, Nadah Houston. He, dude, he smacked his head so hard he would have exploded a watermelon. There ain't no way that thing would have survived. Yeah, that one. You know, I don't remember what it was. I mean, someone would yell at me for not knowing the trick, but it was like a backside board slide or something like that. Yeah,
2: I saw Nike did something and it was like his five worst crashes and he talked about him and it was him
1: hitting his head.
2: Hard hell. I'm just surprised you're riding for Nike. Like they wouldn't make you. Like I don't know if that's like things are different in like the well, skating world. Well, you think their that image. they would
1: protect their investment.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like,
1: like we're giving you a lot of money. We're putting yeah. our name on you. Like we want you to wear a helmet. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, like lower level companies will do it, and that's like the way I view it is like product management. Is you know what I mean? Like you're really protecting investments at that point. Like making sure your your dudes are good. Like I feel like that should come like first and foremost when it comes to like making sure that your riders are gonna still be able to perform for like an amount of
2: time. It's a company taking the initiative to not just rely on that rider being under 26 and not still being on his parents' insurance. Like it's taking the step to say like, no, we wanna invest in you, we believe in you, like we wanna make sure, we wanna protect your career and further your career by making sure like if something dumb were to happen, like you have that much higher likelihood of being fine and
0: still being able to do it. Also insurance. That would be yeah. awesome if companies could do that, too. Because you are wearing a helmet, maybe that that classifies you able to get insurance?
2: Um, like, I know the company I just left, um, they didn't provide insurance, and I had to pay for my own. I don't know if I was on Cobra or what I was on, but it was like 140 bucks a month.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't know. You know, I, I think companies should do that because you look at what other athletes in the world are provided that. But I don't know. You have a team of 10 guys. You're spending... 140 bucks a month on 10 guys like what does that translate to so I I don't know I agree with you I'd be curious to hear like the other numbers like the argument yeah.
0: the argument and the numbers from the other side
1: yeah the guy that like knows the finances behind it yeah, yeah it'd
0: be cool to have somebody like that come in right and talk if somebody's
1: out if somebody
0: knows some shit out there reach out Dude, we definitely got on a real big tangent. Oh, out. yeah, Trevor we totally off track. <laughs> tiny yeah. house, Colorado tiny house. Oh, my God. I never yeah, got to see dude, it.
1: I'm I supposed never to be talking to about it. myself, man. I know. And I'm talking about helmets and me hitting my no, head. No, I'm glad
0: we went off on that tangent. I thought that was actually pretty yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, that's helpful. Um, it was a nice conversation.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> one of the biggest things about the trip, like, not ex related but, like, relationship-wise, like, man, you want to... Like, test your relationship with your significant other, drive across the country, live out of a van like eight days out of the month, and then like basically live in a tiny house. Like, that shit, and, and with a dog, and with a dog. Um, Like, that shit tests your relationship and tests like what you guys are made of. Um,
0: Did you guys smell each other's farts?
2: Oh, dude, it was like we were on top of each other <laughs> dude, nonstop. we took an
1: hour drive here and I was smelling man's farts. What do you mean? That's a. <laughs> This, just how many hours did it take to get there? It's just pervasive, man. It's that Thanksgiving food. <laughs> yeah, man. I figure at least one fart per hour, so it's like ninety six <laughs> farts at least.
2: Yeah, you're you're trying to do like a business call in the same room, and you're dealing with that. So yeah, I, can yeah, only, I can only imagine. Basically, what I was rambling about is like <laughs> being in a tiny house. Like we, uh, the Colorado house, was you walked into the living room dining room family room kitchen was about Matt's office plus like 30% so that makes sense to you guys but yeah I mean it was like that small we had a bathroom that was like normal size it actually wasn't that bad like some bathrooms you go in and like you can sit on the toilet wash your hands take a shower at the same time it was better than that (laughs) Um, like my bathroom (laughs) yeah
0: yeah.
2: Um, and then the bedroom the bedroom was like okay but we're also living out of bins so we have all these like tucker tub style bins that mm-hmm. are just everywhere then like i have my clamshell inside in the living room mm-hmm. i have my bicycle in there
0: um Do you turn a clamshell into a coffee table
2: it was covered in bugs most of the time oh, we, we had a coffee table that was at least uh provided but uh that was one of the things that just has made us so much more appreciative with being home was having more space and like not being together all the time like we had several houses where we worked eight hours a day at the same like dinner table taking work calls like dealing with clients all that stuff we'd cook together we'd uh, be in the van all the time and it's like it's kind of nice to get a break now like yeah. I know you don't always get that but it's nice to be able to like walk in a different room or like go do something else Yeah. Um, so it just like teaches you a lot and makes you appreciate things that like you may have always had that once you don't have them you're like oh shit that was a lot better than I thought it was like it wasn't that
0: bad Holy oh, shit. Matt's about to pop the question. <laughs> um, you got to take her to Nova Scotia or some shit?
2: Yeah, do Trailer Park Boys. Go up there.
0: The trailer Park Boys?
2: That's where they're from, Nova
0: Scotia. Really? Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think it was all shot there. Um, Jesus. But, um, so, yeah, I mean, just the whole trip of being in little confined spaces, like... I learned a lot from that that I wouldn't have known otherwise. Or, like, even now, like, I learned that working from home wasn't for me. Like, I appreciate my commute now, and, um... You like
0: like, like driving around.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like, I like driving to work. You know, it gets me out of bed. It, like, forces you to get up. You have a routine. It's, uh... (laughs) It's nice going to an office with other people and actually, like, interacting in person with your coworkers.
0: Wow,
2: Like you know, before I'd complain about my commute, like oh my god, I have to drive forty-five minutes, fifty minutes, and now it's kind of like oh, that's awesome. I get to wake up, my coffee kicks in, like I'm driving, and uh, you're just awake when you get to work. Where
1: instead um, of waking up at work.
2: Oh, literally, yeah. Like when I was in Portland, we were three hours behind, so I would wake up at five o'clock. It was eight o'clock at home, and I'd walk from the bedroom to sit down at my laptop and like I got no warm up no intro to the day and like that was right. rough for me personally
1: yeah I feel like that switch would be really weird <laughs> not yeah. only that but like you did a switch of your work habits every month I'm I'm super habitual so like when I wake up I go to Wawa alright so this is super unhealthy I get a 5 hour energy and like I start my day that way and that's like every single morning yeah. I do that Um, but like for me to wake up at a new time or a different time and then figure out my workday. And then not only that, but text people across the time zones, knowing what time we wouldn't be doing anything to get a hold of us is Mm -hmm. like this whole brain power that I didn't have for the week that I I was there. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and you did that for six months straight. So like that had, I mean, that confuses me just thinking about it right now. Like, trying to figure out what time is it in Colorado. I think it might be 3 o'clock, but I could be wrong. What time is it now? Your phone. No, it would be 9.30. What time is it right now? 12.30. Okay, so it was three hours behind us, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I yeah. thought it was three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah. So. But, like, to do all that and, like, work with people that were working in this state, when you're like time zones away Mm -hmm. and waking up and like trying to oh yeah you know 7 o'clock there right now you know what I mean like I would just my brain would get so messed up now snap
0: what maybe I'm playing devil's advocate here but I'm just wondering if you tell me if I'm going off base what if you were to like wake up and like maybe you purposely did some shit like where maybe you did some yoga or did some running or did some kind of push-ups before you like meditation or some shit like i i don't know i'm just guessing like what do you think that would would have helped you feel like okay now i'm at work
2: i would have had to wake up earlier
0: then all oh, right yeah. so do you, you
2: know i didn't really have that like yeah. the only the only time i was on the same time zone as my work was the month we were in michigan and i was like that bed sucked that house had no ac like it was real damp I had a hard time sleeping, like, every single night, and I'd basically wake up, like, I naturally wake up pretty much at 6 o'clock, so I would wake up at 6, and then kind of be like, what do I do with myself for 2 hours, it would make the day feel so much longer than, like, there's pros and cons to all of it, like, when I would wake up at 5 in Portland, get right on my computer, I was already chipping away at my 8 hours, like, and I would be done by 2 o'clock, Portland time, 5 o'clock, um, (laughs) Pennsylvania time, Colorado. I think Colorado was only two hours. Now that I think about it, because I think Portland was the only time I was three hours behind. So I think Colorado was two. Now that it's like coming back to me,
1: you could be right. I could be way off. I think,
2: so but um, I'm not entirely
1: sure. I forget.
2: Yeah, like I probably could have gotten up and had more of a routine, like done some kind of some kind of like physical activity or like taking time and had breakfast or something, but I just didn't want to wake up earlier. Like yeah, six o'clock absolutely. was already early enough for me. Um, but it, like, it showed me a lot about people from work, people that work from home. Cause I'd always been envious of that. Like, Oh my God, that must be great. Like I would picture all these pros and like no cons about it, but right. it is different. It's not for everybody. Like I wouldn't want to do it now. Like there's so many good things about it, especially like depending on what your job is. Like, you could be doing laundry, or like you could be getting dinner ready, whatever, doing life stuff while you're on the clock, and nobody's gonna know. Um, so like that's cool, but for me personally, like I really like at this point in my life, I do not want to go back to work from home. Yeah. Um, but it was just cool to see, and like my girlfriend, she does work from home, so like I gave her a lot more recognition for what she was doing. Cause I'm like, wow, like I get how this uh-huh. is hard now, cause like I don't know. Before we left. I'd, like, maybe give her a hard time about certain things or say, like, why are you doing that? It's like, now I get it.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I picture house arrest. Real oh, shit. <laughs> I picture it, like, that's 100% what I picture. When I see, like, people working from home, I'm like, dude, I would go nuts. Like, I just feel like it's, like, it's got to be, su- it feels like it would be super antisocial to me. You know what I mean? Like, it'd be very, like, excluded mm-hmm. in a way. And, like, I don't know, waking up doing the same thing inside your house is a lot different than, like, at least seeing the outside world during that time. You know what I mean? Like, going out to your work. It
2: it depends on what you do, because, like, my last company I was at, I was in an office by myself all day anyway, because my whole team was on the road doing stuff with customers. So, really, I sat by myself all day, but you at least are, you're talking to customers all day, you're talking to your, your installers, you're talking to, like, your coworkers, um... I couldn't imagine being alone in your office and not interacting with any other, any other humans. Like, I don't know, like some kind of paper pusher, like button pusher, like I, I could never do that. Some people probably love that. You know, there's probably some people that like have a wife they don't really like with two or three kids they don't really like. And they probably love like being alone at work and it being silent and um, not dealing with all that chaos. So like. The whole point of this trip was for me to like learn things, and have a new perspective, and that's one of the areas where I'm like, okay, yep, I understand that now. Like, I get it. Um, so that was cool. That like I achieved that. I have a better idea of where my girlfriend's coming from on a daily basis when it comes to work and like what other people are doing. You know, people say they work from home. Like, I get it. Like, I know what they're talking about.
0: Do you think one of the cons of from working from home is like the work-life balance gets really blurred because it never really feels like you're clocked out
2: you nailed it um like when i was on the road mm-hmm. i would answer my boss my co-workers even customers like i would pretty much answer all the time and my computer was always at arm's length assuming i was home mm-hmm. so if i was home in the house like yeah i would do stuff like if a new lead came in like i'd reach out to that customer or if a customer needed something or you know i'd go on the bank account or talk to an installer or whatever and yeah i mean um uh, before i left to go on the road i would leave work at four o'clock I would only answer my phone until I got home so um, once I got home I was done working um, and that right. was something that was tough was like I remember especially Michigan it felt like I worked just this like 15 hour day because I would get up at six I'd have nothing better to do with myself I'd start working right away I'd work my nine-to-five and then Michigan we weren't out nearly as much we were like kind of remote like it rained a lot so like I would answer my phone until seven eight o'clock so really I was doing like a 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. It does just wear you out. And, like, when you leave work, you can decompress every day. Like, you're less likely to, like, blow up. Like, you don't, like, I don't know. Your boss yells at you, and then you yell at your girlfriend or whatever. You know, I I don't know. But (laughs) I I
0: don't
2: know. Something like that. Like, you have time to, like, get all that out of your brain by driving home. Like, you're like, okay, I'm over work. Where, like, if you're working from your kitchen, you're getting dinner ready an asshole customer calls and it's giving you a hard time like that kind of just ruined getting your dinner ready like it's hard to switch gears and be like okay i'm gonna separate myself from work i'm not angry about this customer i'm gonna keep making dinner and enjoying like doing that with my girlfriend whatever so yeah it is it is really tough that would take a lot of self-discipline and a lot of like wow self-control to separate those things that was hard working from home
0: Damn, that's cool. That's cool for me to hear because I'm, like, super curious about it. I feel like I would like to do it, and then I hear shit like that, and, like, that helps me wrap my brain around it, too.
2: Yeah, and I can't even, I can't definitively speak on, like, all aspects of it because it was me and my girlfriend working from home. We generally worked from the same room. Like, it was difficult. There were houses where we worked from the same table. Mm-hmm. Like, that sucked.
0: Yeah. Oh, oh, hold on, hold on, <laughs> let me keep on. Yeah,
2: don't forget, don't forget that thought. <laughs> You know, we both, she would have client meetings. She would have meetings with her team. I would be taking customer phone calls. Like, I would try to take my phone calls outside or go in a different room. But in most cases, I had to be on my computer. So, and she would have to be at hers. And we both uh, had laptop uh, monitor setups. So, it wasn't like you were just picking up your laptop to go in another room. I'd be like, all oh, my stuff's hooked up. My notebook's here. My monitor's here. And I'd be trying to reference something in, like, our oper- our operating system while she was on a client call. So yeah, it was it was tough. But my whole point was, if you worked by yourself from home in your own office, that's different. So I, I'm speaking negatively about working from home, but a lot of people in a normal world that work from home don't have that same setup that I had.
1: Right.
0: It's
1: that's very a, case by case scenario. That's exactly what I was going to get at. Is that you didn't you also like not only working from quote unquote home? Mm-hmm. Those aren't necessarily your Home. Yeah, you, you know, were, what I mean? oh, Airbnb. Yeah. Airbnbs where you just set up the day you got there so you could get to work as soon as you could. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. was an extreme hustle. Yeah, in yeah. almost <laughs> in almost every case. So you set up an office every time you every month you set exactly up a new
2: office. you'd set up a new office, we'd we get into a space, we would figure out okay, like we're gonna work you're gonna work from here, I'm gonna work from here, all of our stuff like our stuff probably took up at least this table between Two laptops, two notebooks, a mouse, two monitors. Yeah, like I mean, hand. bigger, yeah, that size or bigger. Um, and then just having, like, space for other stuff. Um, so, yeah, that was tough. And it generally came off of driving across multiple states for, like, two to three days. And it's like, okay, we just, <laughs> we just drove from Friday morning to Sunday night and now we need to not just unload all of our personal possessions into this new house. We have to set up our offices to be working at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning.
1: You're right, I was gonna say, did you ever have to do any of that work while doing your drive to like the next destination?
2: So my girlfriend would sometimes take work calls that she could in the car, but that okay. wasn't most of them. That was probably like a quarter. She just had to be on the call. She didn't mm-hmm. even really participate. Um, But she bought,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: Um, before we left, we said, like, oh, yeah, we'll be able to work from the car. And she bought one of those jetpack things, like the um, portable hotspot. Okay, Mm -hmm. totally sucked because they don't work if you don't have Wi Fi. So it's almost like, what's the point? Like, it didn't work um, on our ride out, and she just kind of tossed that out. She said, like, you can't do this. Like, she tried being on her laptop in the car using the um, jetpack thing, the hotspot. And we figured out, like, second day, it didn't work. So, ultimately, yeah, we didn't get to work from the car, so we would always figure out our next drive from somewhere based on our work day. Like, could we blow out of work at 11 o'clock, and it was 2 o'clock East Coast time? You know, could we kind of cut out a little early? Um, So, we were constantly, like, thinking about that. I don't know. I wasn't able to answer my customers or, like, answer my installers in most cases, but... um, Because they don't speak English? Yeah, that was tough. I'm in a new world now. I'm in a new world. (laughs) And something like that, like that made me really, like this whole trip made me so appreciative of other things I never really thought about or or was aware of. Like right now, um, with my job, my crews, like the guys that I manage, they're all in-house. And before, my installers were subs. So stuff like, for anybody that doesn't know, like an in-house installer is an employee of the same company as you or a sub sub, like a subcontractor is self employed and they're like a 1099 employee for you, or like they
1: you don't, don't have sell to sell them the work.
2: Yeah, yeah. It, it's In like a, a symbiotic relationship where we would sell a job to a customer and then give the installer that business. They would install that job for us. We would get paid by the customer and then pay them for the work they did. Um, but when you have subs, like there's no accountability. Yep. Like my company looks bad, they don't even know who the installer is. Um, and then ultimately the installer doesn't have to listen to you. They can walk away at any time. And, uh, that was tough. Like that was something I hadn't been aware of before. And now like my guys are in house, like it's so much better. Everybody speaks English. Like I don't need, like, I'm not giving anybody a hard time, but my past setup, it would be, we'd have like a crew leader who spoke English and then his crew generally didn't. So I'd have to deal with like unhappy customers that weren't able to converse with my installers because nobody spoke English. Like, that was tough, and you'd have frustrated customers that the installers didn't even have to deal with. Like, there was no accountability on them. Mm. We were always, like, the bad guy. Um, And now, like, my installers (laughs) can reassure a customer or explain why they're doing something, and, like, I'm just so appreciative of that now.
0: Wow. Okay. Um, Did you want to touch on the Rock Gym or the National Parks at all for Colorado?
2: Oh, I think that really without speaking about them specifically, it was just the the concept or, like, the phenomenon of, like, like, you got done work and you wanted to utilize 100% of your time. So we'd get done work at, uh, like, 3 o'clock, and it's like, okay, we don't want to squander any time whatsoever. So a weekday, like, I took all the things I wanted to do and I kind of broke them down by, like, an after-work activity or, like, a one-day activity or a weekend activity. I think I actually talked about this a little bit in the last podcast. Yeah. Um, but just to, like... Most efficiently allocate your time and not squander any of it. Um, so the thing that was awesome in Colorado Springs was any weekday we could go to the gym really easily, go to the rock gym and climb. Um, that was only about it was less than 10 minutes away, it might have been like six or seven minutes. That was awesome. Um, and then like I said, we were done at three o'clock, our workday would be done at three o'clock. There was so much to do within like two hours of Colorado Springs that we had plenty of stuff, whether it was like one day activities or uh, like a whole weekend activity. So, yeah, that was the rock gym, the national parks, like ultimately, too, it's just the prevalence of all those things that where I live in Pennsylvania doesn't have. Um, You know, I've been here for almost 30 years. I feel like I've done everything within like a two hour radius so you do get like a little jaded or you get like a little salty about like what do i do with myself or what what is there to do here um right and that was what made this trip so appealing and originally we thought like oh we want to go live at one of these places because there's so much more to do but how much of that do you get to do when you don't have help with your dog you don't have help with this you don't have help with that Mm -hmm. um and like obviously down the line we want to have kids so it's like who would help with kids like i know like you choose to have a kid it's your responsibility but you get to the point where like you want to go go away for the weekend or you want to go out for a date you know or whatever um and oh, yeah. we recognized we wouldn't have had any of that help um and then even even stuff like like i've always like built stuff my whole life or like fix things um you know build like a nightstand or headboard you know or whatever or fix something in the house or paint something ultimately that was all my dad's workshop (laughs) you know none of that was myself so it's like i knew i was handy but if i moved across the country i'm not gonna have a miter saw i'm not gonna have a table table saw like i'm not gonna have all these things i'm gonna start from scratch right so um like that was just something too where i wanted to stay close by home to access all of that you know have that help like um i didn't even get into it yet but my girlfriend and i we got home we uh
0: yeah, do you want to talk about how
2: um, Yeah, let's how dive you... into
0: that. That's probably... Getting home? Is that what you... Oh, yeah. So
2: getting home, you know, we were, like, seasoned vets by then. like, we knew, like, how to uh, switch up the driving. We knew how the dog was going to be. We knew how to take, like, bathroom breaks. We knew where to sleep, like, when to get there. <coughs> Excuse me. We were basically pros by then. Um, drive home was pretty easy other than uh, we stayed in Washington, PA, like, just outside of Pittsburgh. I think shallow knows... That is, yeah, and the KOA sucked. So, (laughs) like, I'm a big KOA proponent all day long. Like, I'll brag about them. Something I didn't even realize until we were driving home after having already stayed in like a dozen KOAs there's a KOA holiday and a KOA journey.
0: What's KOA? Last, the you, so you
2: asked me the last podcast, and I don't know if I didn't hear you or what, but I just totally ignored what you said. Like yeah. I didn't mean to do it. Like you asked, and I went right into something else, and it kind of sounded like, oh fuck, mad. Like I'm just, kidding. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. Um, so a KOA is a campground of America, um, and it's a franchise. No, it's not spelled with K.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's like
2: K. Um, but it's a franchise that you buy, and they're just all over the whole country, and there's a standardized way to set up both types. So. I had only stayed at a KOA Holiday, which was amazing. It was like nice indoor bathroom, you could get a shower. There's a general store. Um there were street lights everywhere. Like it was lit up everywhere. Our first night when we left Colorado Springs to go home, we stayed at a KOA Journey. So KOA uh, Journey doesn't have like any it's the of that stuff. Walmart version. It's yeah, you're going from like Wegmans to Walmart. It was a big, it was a big difference. So uh we basically just, like, parked at a grass patch. Like, we couldn't even drive on it. Um, the I don't even think there's a general store, or it closed down really early. Um, there were no fire pits. There was no picnic table. Like No fire just, pits? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was super basic. So, so many of these KOAs, they really cater to, like, the RVs and the campers, where you have space to stretch out, or you have space to keep all your stuff. And, um... Like 90% of the people utilizing these campgrounds aren't tent campers or they're not sleeping in like a, a, a passenger-sized vehicle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, the journeys were just rough. Like it was it was tough to like just not have anything there. And then I probably talked about it before. Like we were living out of Tucker Tub bins that when we were driving, we'd have to set them up one way. Every time we parked for the night, I basically had to empty out the entire van and like restack everything Dude. in the front seats and position everything differently. Did you call them Tucker tubs? We called them the bins. I don't know. I think I grew up my parents but called I'm, them Tucker tops. I've like, never heard anyone like a, refer
1: to those things as Tucker tops. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, yeah, that's yeah. I have no <laughs> idea. Right? Like what, never heard of that either.
2: Yeah. Somebody Google it. I don't. I don't know where it came from. But like a Rubbermaid bin.
1: Yeah, um, I, I was gonna say I've really? heard people refer to it <laughs> as like the brand Rubbermaids. Like you know yeah. What I mean like but Tucker top that had me like all crazy over here. Go to Home what? Depot,
2: Lowe's, the black and yellow bins. That's
1: what we lived out of. Um, of is that the brand too? Like Tucker. Is that what you're saying? or is like... You're getting
2: so deep into this. I'm sorry that I said it. I really,
1: <laughs> I don't know, man. I think my parents
2: called him that like when I was growing up or something. And I was really just, like we called him the bits. Like we called him the tubs. Right. I don't know. I was just saying maybe everybody in the Midwest calls him Tucker Tubs. And now they know <laughs> what I mean because I said, I I don't
1: know. Anyway. You, you yeah, anyway.
2: So like we, we get to the journeys. There'd be no lights. I'd have to rearrange the van with my headlight on. Like, we did it once in the rain. Like, we tried to park under a tree. Um, but, yeah, there was no cover at all. Like, that was rough. We actually... So, we were going through Kansas. And, like, the whole state is basically a cornfield. It is one cornfield. <laughs> and we happened to be going through it when <laughs> when uh, they were harvesting the corn. Like, when, I guess, like, the corn dies, you pick it up with some kind of farm machine. You put it in a tractor trailer. All the tractor trailers take it to, like, not a way station, but, like, a distribution center.
1: Mm-hmm. The big silo. And
2: yeah, yeah, but, like, the entire town does it. It's not like it's just Farmer John's farm and he puts it in a silo. This is, like, every farm goes to the same area. And um, you guys have seen footage of, like, China with the smog in the air? Yeah. The corn dust was so foggy in the air that, like, my van started like, Kind of struggle a little bit. I think because of all the dust oh in the air. Oh my god! Yeah, like my girlfriend kind of like reacted to it a little bit. Like you kind of got a cough. I'd never been in anything like that before.
1: That's crazy. That is wild. So you needed like a dust mask. Oh yeah, you needed like or, a respirator. Yeah. Like just to a be in the town. And I mean,
2: you could see the dust as far as your eyes could see. It was like on the horizon everywhere.
1: Felt, felt like you was in Chernobyl.
0: <laughs> yeah. Jeez, that's crazy. <laughs> that's really interesting. I feel like I'm on Wikipedia that later.
1: Well, I think part of it
2: had to do with like the dust bowls a little bit too. Um, I don't know how long ago that was, but yeah, the dust bowls in the Midwest when the ground like dried out, and I think yeah. it was a combination of the corn dust <clears throat> and the ground being so dry. So it was like uh, dust and uh, corn stuff in the air.
1: Fuck. Corn dusty as hell.
0: A... When you were driving, did you ever have like really weird, like just imaginative moments where you thought about like zombie apocalypses?
1: We were
2: pretty good about like talking a lot. Or the radio stations actually all suck. Like yeah. you, so, <laughs> you have the whole middle of the country. A lot of the radio disappears. Like you could have like two stations, but the one thing you can always count on, no matter where you are in the country, is the country music station, will uh-huh. be crisp and clear, no matter where you are. Like you can always count on that. So of course, every station plays like the same dozen songs. Yep. So by the whole end of the, like the five months, I knew at least twelve country songs word for word start to finish damn
1: so you're in Florida Georgia Line nowadays, nowadays
2: all that good stuff no actually hold on so I don't know the names of anything but if the <laughs> song played I would know all the words but I don't know what anything's called so I have no idea That's Um crazy. but yeah the drive home we basically said like hey we're gonna take two days off work and uh, just make it as as pain free as possible so we took three I wanna say we maybe had like Thirty hours total to drive home. I don't think you can probably Google what Colorado Springs to Coatesville is, um, but we did some more laid back, like th- we did like three eight hour days. So you're not killing yourself. Like ten is kind of my max for the day, because you really factor in like another hour or two between bathroom stops, snack stop, you know, whatever. If you drive for ten hours, you're really you really did probably like an eleven or twelve hour day. Right. Um, so, yeah, doing 10 is just overly ambitious. And then, you know, we get so to. So,
1: you just kind of like see the drive from Colorado to PA and kind of like drop a pin, whatever, like 10 hours away, or like whatever exactly eight hours away yeah, yeah. it is. Exactly. Just like, all right, we're going there.
2: You'd figure out pretty much where you'd wind up after about eight hours, and then we would see where the closest KOA was. Because by the end of the trip, like, we were bougie. We were like, we're not sleeping in any campground with vault toilets. Like, we're not sleeping in a Walmart parking lot. Nope. We put our time in. We want to stay. Vault toilets.
1: That was my first experience (laughs) ever was in Colorado. And the thing was, like, my first experience was actually pretty good for what a vault toilet is. Like, dude, Pennsylvania is bougie. Like, I swear to God, every park you go to here... Every state park you go to here, like, has, like, a bathroom, has, like, a, like, a decent setup. Usually somehow has running water, but, like, I went to, um, uh, Colorado, uh, oh, I'm trying, Aspen, Colorado, and it was, like, the national park for all these, I mean, there had to be 300 people on the trail at one point. And they had vault toilets.
0: What's a vault? It's a vault and it toilet. means that there yeah. is no
1: running water to it. It is just a hole in the ground uh-huh. with people's oh, fecal matter that. and urine in it. And some dude in a truck comes <clears throat> and pumps it out. It's so it's basically like a permanent porta potty. Yep. Um it's just it, a hole. You know,
2: like when you go to camp as a little kid, like that was probably a vault toilet. So it's really just a, a fiberglass toilet on top of a big hole in the ground. Okay. And at least the porta potty they tend to empty once a week, once every two weeks. I think you do a vault toilet like once a season. So when it's July, August, whatever, oh. and you're like out and you go into a vault I mean, there were there were times that I could smell the vault toilet before I opened the door.
0: Oh no. Um but yeah, no no
2: no flushing.
0: Like you'd have yeah. running water for the sink,
2: but nope, not for the toilet, so it was nice to not have to do vault toilets.
0: Oh,
2: a no flush available toilet.
0: Yeah, pass.
2: Yeah, like if my if my option was a vault toilet and there weren't people around,
1: I would just pee behind the building. Yeah, right. because you
2: don't even want to go inside.
1: Right. Oh yeah, facts. Outside dumping is definitely better than vault toilet dumping. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yo.
2: And, sure. and there's always, like, a swarm of flies that comes up out of it. Oh, come on. So. And
1: yeah, dude, yeah. if one of those flies touches me, I'm snapped. Oh, you're getting <laughs> <laughs> HIV. So I'm yeah. losing my mind, dude. No way. Those Ebola flies. Ebola yeah, stars. dude, you're just going to get Ebola. Like, oh, oh, it's Ebola. Ebola. It's like, it's, yeah, it's a new breed. Oh, my God. Oh, you guys are animals. animals. Yeah, dude, it was bad.
2: But, yeah, yeah so by the end of the trip, we had pretty much made up our minds we're only going to KOAs. You know, we want to have showers. Like, on the drive out, we, like, when we went from Coatesville to Ogden, we slept in Walmart parking lots. I didn't shower for three days. It was June. Like, it was just miserable. So at least the first big drive we did, I was like, nope, I need a better night's sleep. I need a shower. I need these things. And like, I'm at the point in life where it's not like we're 18, sleeping in the front seats of two cars, not showering. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I did my time. I'm spending a little bit more money to get that comfort and not have to grind uncomfortably. Because then it only makes the ride that much more painful. You right, know, like you're yeah. pissed off because you're all sticky and sweaty. You're like, yeah. I don't know. Or you do everything through the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or you do that. But to answer Shiloh's question, yeah, we would look at okay, we're going from Colorado Springs to Coatesville, Pennsylvania. We want to do about eight hours a day, so we would do eight hours on like the main road of the map. See where the closest KOA was, and then stay there. And then we wake up the next day, do eight hours. Wake up the third day, do eight hours. And then for like our our drive home from Colorado Springs to Coatesville, the very last day we only did four hours, and we just like wanted to make that easy. Like we didn't want to, we didn't want to drive eight hours me drop Laura off at her parents, unload all of her stuff, then drive 45 minutes to my parents, unload all my stuff, and then have to wake up and go to work the next weekend. So we said, you know what, let's just take a half day, do that drive, and feel good when we wake up the next morning.
0: So that was your first weekend back that you took those two days off?
2: So I wanna say we actually, I wanna say we left on a Saturday. We left on a, We left Saturday morning, we drove Saturday, Sunday, Monday, did a half day on Tuesday, unloaded, and then I was back at work by Wednesday. Wow. Mm-hmm. Damn. But, you know, it's not like you're coming back from some weird thing or, like, getting thrown into anything. Like, I had worked that last Friday. Right. So it's not like you were starting a new job or going back to an office and having a seat. Like, it wasn't anything too drastic. It was just, like, I got up and went to work, and it was like I hadn't missed a beat back from May before we left.
0: Nice. When was the first riding session after you got back? That first weekend. I um, remember. Yes. <clears throat> oh, that's I remember the weekend. like nice.
1: uh just to give like a little like side view to Matt being on his like epic journey across the world. Was like so me, Eshan, and like you know, the guys we ride with, whether it be you, Matt Smith, Angus, whoever it might be, <clears throat> we do a lot of riding with a lot of people um me and Ishan found ourselves riding like with Conway and those guys uh, a lot more but uh I noticed that like our ambition for new spots isn't as great without Lawhead around and like he might not ride the spot himself but he is more willing to look for the spots no matter who's gonna ride them which is like always so tight and like I I immediately felt that when it when he came back was like mm. the ambition for like spot hunting came back and like going out to look for new things and like riding different places that we hadn't <laughs> before. Spot hunting season. Yeah, yeah, and that was like what Matt we could always count on Matt for, which was like always tight. Right on.
2: That first weekend back, it was like right after the new Middletown Park was built, so we rode Middletown and then we rode like all new spots that first uh, weekend back so yeah Mm -hmm. just I was amped to not be riding by myself to not be like filming myself with my GoPro like it was so nice to like be able to like bullshit with people in the van and then like have other people doing stuff and like Shiloh said like I don't I don't want to have to ride every spot or like every spot doesn't have to be something I can ride however you want to look at it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'll totally go somewhere and it might be only a right side rail or I mean, it could be any number of things that I wouldn't necessarily ride. Like we'll go somewhere just for Eshawn. Um, so that was cool that it wasn't always me having to motivate myself to ride by myself, film myself. Like, you know what I mean? Like you get in your head, like it probably works for some people, but, uh, Nah, it's like riding a
1: paycheck involved Or something like that It was like obligatory Yeah Yeah You're definitely right um, For me it was always
2: about Like riding with friends And like yeah. That was a massive part Of the experience So it was Awesome this, to have that back I was gonna say Does that kind
1: of remind you Like why you started Riding BMX You know no. what I mean Like brings you back To like the roots of like This is like I started this Because the homies Were like doing it And like we did it As like a crew and like it was fun
2: exactly yeah me riding was just an extension or like an outgrowth of hanging out with my friends like it was just something we all ended up doing Um, it wasn't like I rode BMX by myself and then met other people that did like I started doing it because I saw my friends do it
0: yeah it was the squad
2: Mm -hmm. facts yeah we had a solid first weekend back we've like kept up with it pretty good other than what like I was away last weekend and it rained and it's raining right now um,
1: I haven't been on my bike in oh, yeah Anywhere I are. was on my bike re- This weekend but Or last weekend But um I blew out my shoulder sorry At work So I had to take a few week- weekends off Film the homies But uh I was gonna say I feel like That's another thing Like we always knew That like and that was always still there once Matt was gone, was, like, every Sunday we ride. No questions asked. Like, where are we meeting up in the morning? Where are we going this weekend? And that's, like, always still been what we do. And, like, Matt coming back to it, it's just, like, a lot of our crew kind of, like, died out. And I know, like, along the way that happens to all crews, but something that, like, Matt has stayed strong as far as, like, being you know, the guy that's 29 years old that still wants to go out and look for spots and still wants to get in an uncomfortable position to shoot a picture.
0: Yeah.
1: And, like, that, like, that motivation was back. And, like, we don't necessarily do it for any real reason other than, like, it's shit's fun. fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this shit's super tight. And, like, I mean, the yeah is a fun thing to do it for. Ride PA is a fun thing to do it for. Like, those are really cool extensions and, like, out... Uh, or like outlets, yeah, outlets to what we do. Um, or, you know what I mean. Stink Pit is another another thing that we all got to be a part of, and like, be associated with. That's always cool as shit. Um, yeah, having more
2: people and being a part of something just makes right. it that much more motivating than rather rather than you trying to like self
1: motivate and right. like
2: trying to keep like.
1: And the like, amount of homies that you have that do this on a week. We at least weekly basis Mm -hmm. in this area is, I mean immense. Like you have a large group of people that you know. Yeah,
2: when I was on the road, I found myself like sitting at my desk on a Wednesday, like wanting to ride so badly or like dying to go ride. I would get to get to like a park or get wherever, kind of pedal around for a little bit, do what I wanted to do, and then be like, damn, this isn't as fun. Like (laughs) it's not as fun as like how it would be at home, like playing a game of bike with everybody or like just like thinking of stuff for other people. And them thinking of it for you um so yeah you appreciate that a ton when you don't have it for five months and you're riding alone pretty much
1: yo sending um uh you call it like call the shots <laughs> through yeah. group message was probably like one of the better things you did while away <laughs> that i was thought that cool. was awesome like being able to be like yo feeble hard that ledge or like yo Smith, <coughs> unlucky that like it was just like so sick that like we would just get random clips of bonghead at all these different parks because he would just be like yo call out tricks for me and he would just send a picture of the park <laughs> yeah so
2: for anybody listening what i would do is i'd get to a park and I, it would be like before work i'd be by myself and i'd like film the whole park send it to our riding group chat and then be like call out tricks and that helped keep me motivated and like Made me like shallow had me do some feeble foot plant 180 or something. Like, I would have never thought of that. That was gas,
1: dude. It was so good, too. So,
2: yeah, there's (laughs) times like I'll go to a park and I'll run through like my basic bag of tricks and then not really get creative or like not think what else I could
1: do. None of these were posted to Instagram, by the way. So,
0: yeah, Yeah, they're not sitting
1: somewhere. Yeah, they're just chilling in the chat. We gotta do
0: a year end lawhead uh video, (laughs) lawhead 30 (laughs) Instagram 3030s. Yeah, when's your birthday again? January? January, January 10th. 11th.
1: Oh, you <laughs> were close. 10. You were close. I said 10th. I was right on it. We should
0: totally do it. A uh, Lawhead 30 edit. 30 for 30. Oh, my God. 30 clips. I probably have 30
1: clips. Yeezy. You probably. If you count the
2: skate park ones, I probably have 30
1: clips. Okay, dude, you probably have, got 30 uh, rail or uh, 20 20 <laughs> sprocket bashes. <laughs> 20
0: street clips. Lawhead myself.
1: Yeah, dude. <laughs> I was going to say, dude, I actually have like a Lawhead chapter in my phone. Uh, <laughs> we should put them
0: all together for a 30 edit.
1: for a while there I was just like entering you guys' different clips that I had on my phone and like different stuff and I would just throw them into like in uh, just a your name file like an album yeah just an album yo albums are strong yeah Yeah. and then like iPhone what's cool is like now the iPhone will like throw things at you be like oh remember this and it's (laughs) like oh shit like
0: (laughs) So, yeah. like,
1: keeping those in there are definitely tell you. Member? <laughs> yeah, dude. And then, and not only that, but sometimes it puts, like, a crazy video together for you. And like, it, like, yeah. edits this crazy, wicked, like... Yeah, dude. The generic background music with all the photos and stuff. Desperate Housewives theme song. Oh, my God. Yeah, dude. It's great. Bouncing right back in. So, like, originally when we were on the
2: road, like, when we first left, we were like, okay, we're going to want to live in one of these spots. We're going to figure out where we want to live. And then, like, I guess three months into it when we were in Idaho we were like nope we're going to live at home Um, and even before we had left my girlfriend was kind of looking at houses and like looking at what was available before we even decided we wanted to do this trip she knew her lease was going to be up and we were kind of like what are are our options Um, so when we were in Idaho three months in I guess that was August um, we really dove into house hunting
0: so we really utilized Zillow So you started looking for houses back home?
2: Yeah, yeah. So we we had an area where we we knew we wanted to live halfway between her parents and mine. Um, So that kind of gave us a jump off point of where to look. And then we kind of, we then got into, okay, we think we want to be in this school district or we think we want to be by this main road. Um, And we branched out from there. And it was a learning process. I mean, it was pretty crazy. You, You think you know what you can afford or you think you know what you want. And then, like, you realize what you'll settle for. <laughs> or, like, you realize right. the uh, sacrifices that you'll make for one thing or another. Um, so we figured out... We, we knew what our budget was. We knew that we're, like... Like, I'm, like, mildly handy. Like, I know certain things I could tackle. Um, as far as, like, what we would settle for in-house. a Like, if it needs new this or new that. Um, like, okay, I can tackle new flooring or I can do painting, whatever. Um... Or like remodel a bathroom so we had all this criteria we kind of knew what we were looking for Um, we had a handful of houses that we were interested in that kind of met all of our criteria or like we thought we could add to or take away from to fit our tastes as best as possible Um, we had a few fall off a few that sold but basically when we got home uh, she had linked up with like a loan officer and a real estate agent Um, so we told them probably I guess we had it narrowed down to like four or five houses and we actually saw one house the first day we got home on a Wednesday and then I think we saw three more the next day and we really only had five houses that met our criteria Um, and like I didn't want to you know, you say to yourself, like, oh, what if something else pops up on Zillow? Or, like, what if we find something that's going to meet our criteria? What if you don't? <laughs> you know, yeah. it, we, we could end up going six months. And it's like, I don't want to live in my parents' basement for six more months. Um, so we we had one that we – the second house we went to see, we pretty much walked in. And we were like, this is, has everything. Like, this exceeded our expectations. Um, had a yard, had everything we wanted. Um, the house was move-in ready. It, basically, I wouldn't change anything on the house. The only thing with this house was it was a little farther north than we wanted. We wanted to be about 15 minutes farther south. But for the price, for everything being done.
0: What's 15 um, more minutes?
2: Yeah, yeah, in the grand scheme of things. And it didn't need any remodeling, it didn't need any repairs, it's ready to go. Um, And I kind of thought about it as like, okay, if my commute is 20 minutes longer every day, that's just my commute, how many of these projects are going to consume my evenings and weekends and stuff like that if we went for a closer house with more repairs and remodeling so i was like okay you know i'm not going to be doing house projects because everything's done i'm just gonna have a little bit farther of a commute um so we got the ball rolling like we pulled the trigger we put an offer in we've been doing all the paperwork it's crazy like the amount of Not background checking is not the right word, but when you apply for a loan, I mean, they go through everything. They go through your employment history. You have to give them access to your bank accounts. Like, I didn't know any of that. Like, nobody ever explained that to me. Um, And, like, my parents kind of told me what they did 30 years ago. So it's like, okay, well, we have cell phones and the internet now. So what was it like 30 years ago? So you can't... That's not the most applicable... way easier. Yeah, that wasn't the most applicable advice. Even stuff like like back in the day like 30 years ago when my parents got their house you would go to a real estate agent and they would find the houses nowadays like you already know the houses you want because you looked at them on zillow and then zillow just kind of like assigns you a real estate agent where back in the day you would go to a real estate agency you would get assigned a rep and they would do the legwork for you mm-hmm. so just the game has changed as far as that goes but okay. um yeah we got the ball rolling with everything we got a proof of the loan did all that stuff Another big thing we learned was like what you think your budget is gonna be, knock off twenty to thirty grand. So if you think, you know, I want to buy a house for two hundred and fifty grand, nope, start looking at like two twenty, two thirty because of like all the behind the scenes costs and right. the paperwork and the fees and all that. Um so that was like another thing like nobody really explained to us. Um, but you know that the process isn't any harder than like, I don't know, applying to college or like Or, like, job searching, almost. You know, you, like, put all your life information out there. You go through all that. And you learn. You know, like, we'll know what to expect if we move in X amount of time. Um, So, just, like, another life thing and becoming a real adult. Are
0: you going to have a pump track in the backyard?
2: We So, we have a half acre, and the house is... If you, how can I describe? The house is basically like in the front fifth of the property and then we probably have four fifths of the property behind us. So yeah, it's awesome. We have a big backyard. It's already fenced in. Um, so what you said is we can put
1: Reyes back there. <laughs>
2: we, have, we have to level it out. Like I've, I'm already thinking about it. I'm thinking like, would this be doable? Um, we are all like very little handy slanted.
1: people. I'm sure mm-hmm. we can Max. figure it out. Yeah. I mean, a little sloped run up. Never heard nobody hearing me. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, here's a broser rail. If you hit it, you're gonna roll down a
0: sixty degree incline. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude.
2: Um, we
0: got home or and we were
2: rail. we were uh, super motivated to be on the ball with like searching as well because, like, she went back to her parents' house where like she hadn't even lived with her parents in like ten years. So um, they didn't quite have the room. Like it's just close quarters. I went back to my parents' house where I basically just put all my stuff back in the basement. But like, I had that taste of freedom and like you know I just wanted to have my own space and I had never had a space before where I had control of everything like even when we were even when we were on the road like you can't change anything so like like if you don't like where that toilet paper holder is like you can't change that you just have to be a contortionist to get back to it (laughs) so stuff like that like I can't wait to be able to make modifications to my own home and make it exactly how I want because I've never had that before and then even like my girlfriend like she only ever rented
1: Shelves um, will not be above five ten. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah like, you can have everything built have, to your I, size.
0: I have a step stool, so I'd be good. I'd be good.
2: Then I'm at like six ten. Um but yeah, just stuff like that. Like, you know, you're appreciative of like having your own space, like being able to make changes, being able to like have control of everything. Um
0: You can have some beady curtains. Yeah, exactly. You know, whatever you want. So
1: Or um, some some Clear trash bag curtains? Oh, shower curtain. The shower trash bag shower curtain. Dude, those are the fire. Remember that in Rochester? Rochester? What did I do? You had the the clear it had it had yes stickers on
0: it. It
2: was that trash bag shower curtain.
0: (laughs) It was the fire, dude. Oh my trash bag shower curtain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got pictures of that. The glow up, dude. Dude. When you move somewhere and you're so dead broke, by the time you get to your destination, all you have is garbage bags and duct tape, and you're so dirty, and the only thing <laughs> separating you from taking a nice, decent shower
1: is a barrier between the water going yeah. outside and yeah. inside the shower. I was
0: like, I could just fucking pop, pop. It,
1: I got it probably this. took me like forty
0: five minutes, really, but it was great. I was like, fuck it, put it, fuck a sticker on it. I'll never forget that, man. It, it was, really was great. great.
1: I walked in, I was like, this is
0: this is Matt Smith. Yo, dead ass, that thing <laughs> didn't get like shitty for like nine months. Fire. Wow. Like like I got solid use out of it. I like, yeah, you gotta some...
1: shower curtains, people.
0: Yeah, I should post that on Instagram sometime. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> but um Yeah, shower curtains. Yo, I should make them <laughs> itself. <laughs> <laughs> oh. They'd be like
1: bougie ones, they cost like sixty dollars. <laughs> But at least you know people in the industry to help you do things like that as well here. Because you were talking about connections and stuff like that as far as, like, you coming home, riding with homies and things like that.
2: Oh, yeah. You also,
1: amongst that, you have, like, a bunch of homies that work in, like, landscaping and or uh, construction. Or some form of house, house remodeling. Yeah. And you also have a background, like, your dad did flooring. Yeah. So... Or sold flooring.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's another big part of like why we didn't why we ultimately chose not to move across the country because I wouldn't have that whole support network and all that of
1: like
2: Like even just moving, I have to ask my dad to use their trailer to move our beds. You know, something like that, like how would I move the box spring otherwise? You know what I mean? Like if I was across the country and only had my van, like what do you do to move a box spring? Right. So stuff like that was motivating for staying home. How do you do get a, a
1: box spring across the country? Well, you, at least you can do a, <laughs> you one of those pods. Shit, you buy a new one later.
2: Yeah.
0: You, um, you have to like transplant yourself somehow.
2: My girlfriend's uh, sister just moved. And for her box spring, she had two twin box springs underneath the queen size bed. And I was like, why don't I have like a, yep. like a
1: full size box spring? Like that thing sucks. Yeah, dude. They stopped doing that a long time. When I worked, I worked for a, a furniture oh, yeah. moving company, or a furniture company, and they were like, yeah, we, we did away with that. Like, I I remember that, like, them telling me, because I was, like, real confused. I was like, I was like, so, wait a second, you do, like, two box springs under the big beds now? Yeah. They were like, yeah, that's, like, a thing, because, like, try to get that big box spring up to a third floor in, like, oh, yeah. a house in Coatesville. Yeah. Yep. Because that was, like, the demographic, you know what I mean?
0: But, like, mm-hmm. Yeah. So now you got a new job? Yeah, yeah, came
2: out with a new job too. Like Shiloh and I pretty much had that in the works. Um, like it came up one day, I was like, hell yeah. You know, sign me up. It sounds like what I'm already doing. So I went to a bigger company. Basically, if at my old job, if my job, if my day was based on 100%, I would have 10 things, that took up 10% of my day each. And oh now I have God. now I have five things that each take up 20% of my... You
0: know what I mean? That's all I was trying to say. I don't know why that
2: came out, so... You see very good you're very down to
0: percentages
1: though. and shit. Nah, no, I see what you're saying. I was trying to, like,
2: make it visual. Like, if you can picture that visually in your yeah. head, like...
0: I mean, you want to bust out a bar chart, you can. <laughs> yeah, if I could have illustrated that, it would have made a lot of sense. We got the microphone over there. <laughs>
1: nah,
0: no, I dig what you're saying,
2: though. But yeah, so I'm just happy to, like have to worry about less things and be more focused on fewer. Like, you know what I mean? Just for yeah. more customers. Um, you know, and then obviously working with people that I already know, people I've worked with before, friends, you know, best friends, working with them, like, that's cool. Like, I don't see these guys all day, but at least, like, they're out in the field while I'm back at the...
1: Yeah, we do um, real work. So... Yeah. <laughs> he does office Same. work.
2: Yep. But yeah, so it's just cool. And then it's an industry I've already, like, had experience with. Um, yeah, it's just, A bigger system
1: it was cool it brought like everything came full circle because when I was 18 years old I like got into this business and he was the one that got me the job in this business Mm -hmm. doing you know house or home remodeling and stuff like that and then you know fast forward six years now I was able to get lawhead a job in home remodeling but in the office yeah doing you know the the paperwork and the the hr department stuff and whatnot so that's super sick to like have that come full circle
2: i've had a really interesting uh career adventure with everything that i've done and it's weird like how things are beneficial for something in the future that you had no idea like it would pay
0: off or like come full circle like shallow said yeah come all the way back around even shit you hate, like, will make it better for when you go to the next job. Oh, hell Bruce yeah. Yeah, dude.
2: You have to work the jobs that suck, that you hate, and then you appreciate the new one that much more. Like. Oh, my
1: God. And it makes you, like, a happier person when you get to that second place. Like, dude, <laughs> that's exactly how, like... Because we all three, luckily, me, Ishan, and Lawhead, got to experience our first remodeling gig... And that was a a less structured environment. A super unstructured environment. I mean, it was like it was family, um, and not to say that this isn't, but it it was uh, it was super unconventional. Like it just was not the most professional thing at times. And like, you see that there's like different ways to do things, and you figure out what the best ways are to do them. Right. What
2: don't work the best.
1: Right. And, like, you would implement things and, like, you would do your best to, like, try to implement those things in that place. And, like, it would just never come across. Like, it would just, like, revert back to, all right, we do it this way because we do it. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, man, like, nothing's going to change here. So it was, like, but, Mm -hmm. yeah, we got to experience that. And, like, those things, like, have taught us how to, like, ultimately change our work environments for ourselves, which is cool.
2: Yeah, it's funny because we still reference stuff from like <clears throat> six years ago. You yeah, know, we all still the have guys. like, remember this or like, you appreciate how things are done now because you know that it was difficult doing it a different way. Yeah, in the past.
1: Yeah. And now, like, because like my biggest gripe has been, and it has like has been for a really long time now, in like the workplace, um, it's like the people that run it don't understand what the people out here do. You know what I mean? Like people that are working outside in the field. Right. Like those people in the office don't understand what's going on in, like out here. Yeah. And like now having my best friend working in that position like he was just saying like how he feels, how he like ultimately affects the web. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you don't want to affect the web because like you don't want to affect your portion of it either. So like when you understand like the the pro, or like the the balances of those things and like how the, that works, you could just make it run smoother for everybody. When, it's when, like real cool.
2: Yeah, when you're in the home remodeling world, generally you sell a product and or a service. In most cases, you, you sell a product and then you sell a service to like install that product. So whether it's flooring doors, windows, awnings, whatever, something that all three, you know, Shiloh Ishan and I have all seen, is there's a di- like a disconnect between the sales team, the office, and the installers. Mm -hmm. So, with me having been on, like, all three, well, I haven't done sales, but with me having been on the installation end and the office end, it helps these guys, it helps convey to these guys where the office is coming from and convey to the office where the installers are coming from, and it's just, like, there's, to, to, how would I say that, to, like, alleviate that disconnect, it just makes everybody work that much better. So, it's, like, that's something we've been really stoked on um,
1: by having... Fucking don't know where I'm And not only that. Yeah. Not only that, but like, we get to talk about BMX, and like, BMX comes to work with like (laughs) us now, which is like super tight as well. (laughs) Especially because like, me and Eshaw work in the field as far as like our field being anywhere in like an hour and a half radius, if not sometimes more. So we get to, like, sometimes spot search while we're yeah. out there. You know what yeah. I mean? We get to look for spots. And, like, I even told my boss one time, I was like, sometimes you pay me to look at, like, <laughs> handrails. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes <laughs> you pay me to look at a ledge. And, like, I just jokingly say, like, we'll stop by and we'll look at something. We'll see it on the side of the road. And, like, no one's going to question the Chapman truck pulling up to look at the handrail. Because they're like, oh, they do remodeling. They oh, modeling. that's funny. They're looking what you're at saying. the handrails. Yeah. And, like... And then we come back and we're like, yo, we've seen this while we were out working. And then, like, dude, like, and we get to do that, like, through our work as well. Like, so that will always carry out, which is super sick. Yeah, like, yeah. being a part of, like, the same crew and working all together.
2: Yeah, and it's yeah. always interesting how BMX <clears throat> permeates other parts of your life. Right. Like, the average yeah, person yeah. isn't
1: LFSing while they're driving home from a job. No. So, yeah. It oh, just dude, helps there's times so. <laughs> where we have to, like, ask the guy with us, like, which is usually this dude, Ariel. We just got to, like, look at him and be like, yo, man, we're going to add another 20 minutes to the drive home. It's, like, already an hour. He's, like, bitching. He's like, come on, man. We're like, we can't stop. We don't need to stop. <laughs> and I'm like, no, we are. And I, like, pull into this, like, college campus and looking at the handrail. And me and he shot him, like, I bet you could downwhip this. Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, it's super sick. The best times. So uh, what's the what's the future plans? It looks like that's what you have next on the list here.
2: <clears throat> the next move is really just gonna be like still trying to ride every weekend still trying to stay involved as much as you know coming out here do, doing
0: stuff like this yeah thanks um, for coming out thanks for making the drive it was the show, perfect for a rain day no problem always a pleasure fun. yeah <clears throat> yeah because like that's like you could have called in but like to be able to have Ishawn here and Shiloh that's really
1: cool The in the in the quote-unquote studio feel is like it just gives it a vibe, you know? Yeah. Like yeah it has you. like a vibe. It puts you in the in a zone
2: that yeah, works out well. Well, cool. even like we learned early on, like you don't know like you don't know how to read somebody else's cues of when to start talking. So right. like we'd do something over the phone and we'd constantly like step on each other's toes or start to talk at the same time. Where now it's like I'm kinda of looking at somebody like, you know, are you getting ready to stop talking? you know, or, or whatever. <laughs> Not like that. But uh you can show Um but yeah. That You you see that, so that's nice about actually doing this in person.
1: Yeah, you get, like, social cues, facial stuff.
0: (laughs) I mean, that's kind of, like, the ongoing theme from throughout this episode, I feel like, is that uh, you went from working remotely with your girlfriend, you know, traveling around, and it it sounded like you were experiencing a lot of isolation, and then as you came back, the the more social aspect of it is something you really welcomed. Oh, yeah,
2: definitely. It's like you fully embraced, like... Like I said, not riding alone, like, being on the same time zone as, like, the group chat. Like, everybody, like, BSing back and forth um, about things. And then, yeah, being able to come here and do this, like,
1: it's nice. Don't underestimate Lawhead's group chat content either. I have the most – I'm the best
2: (laughs) contributor to the
1: group chat. I have the best content. (laughs) Like At there's definitely times. some fire thrown in there, and then and then he throws in like your roadie fuckers five, and you're just oh like, why? Gosh, like, what that these? edit was amazing though. Was amazing. It's just guys amazing. doing front flips off of like sheds that were blown up and like. Dude, that video was too. amazing. What? Well, is...
2: well, I thought you did you? I thought you did. bike watch riders
1: it, riding Vietnam trenches. Like it's just like it's ridiculous, so good. dude. It's yeah. So good. Damn. But there's fire sprinkled in there definitely, and like. We also get our spots thrown in there from that, so yeah. like shout out to that because like we can ride spots without them now. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I think the whole time I was on the road, I probably added like three hundred spots to <laughs> my
0: list. Holy shit! So now you're mm-hmm. at what's that? Twelve hundred spots?
2: No, no. I think I'm. I might even be past that. I think I'm at like thirteen something. Just out of curiosity. <laughs> oh, God. Let Gas me pack. check. Oh no, I lied. So I'm at. I'm at one thousand two hundred
0: seventy. So is that the name of the mm-hmm. the podcast episode? Twelve <laughs> seventy.
1: And 1, actually, two
0: hundred seventy spots in that head. The sequel to nine hundred spots. <laughs> so my bike spots album, I started on
2: December twenty third, two thousand nine. Wow, that's
1: insanity. dude. So it's
2: almost ten years
1: old of Dang. collecting stuff. We were riding the YMCA back in them days, boy. You didn't know about that, <laughs> hey, boy. I went to the YMCA one time with you.
2: That was good times. That was like the best. Kid job you could possibly have, or the best like college job you could possibly have.
1: Yeah, because all you did was like sit in the heat and play Scrabble.
2: I learned a lot back then too.
1: Learned a lot of new stuff.
2: I think everybody did.
1: Yeah. I learned that Matt had, Matt Lawhead would like add me as a friend if I would do handrails. <laughs> on, oh my god, I forgot about that. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: that was like right as Facebook was kind of blown up. I
1: feel like two thousand nine. Because I never had Lawhead as a MySpace friend. No, nope. wasn't worthy.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't be friends with somebody with nothing but uh, like that when you hold the camera above your head and you don't have your shirt on and you're looking up at the camera. When all your pictures are like that, like
1: couldn't could yeah, be friends with that. The MySpace angles. <laughs> the MySpace angles, yeah. Dude, I was top eight. I was top eight oh, yeah. for sure. Never had a MySpace. Wow. Sad, so yeah, sure never had a MySpace.
0: You yeah. Generation Z. Oh no. He's no he's Generation Y. Yeah. Generation millennial. Millennial. Yep. Generation So like
1: just to clarify that too, by the way, I was like kinda <laughs> looking into that. Millennials gonna a, a hella bad rap, dude. We stop at what is it, ninety seven? Wait, it goes from like
2: it's like a twenty year period. Like that just seems so broad with all the changes in technology to really lump somebody from eighty nine with somebody with two thousand or somebody from two thousand nine? Like like,
1: anyone after ninety seven is like usually the prop like those are the people that the are people like, born after the internet was invented.
0: Generation Z. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Generation Z. What's up with them guys? Why does no one talk about them? Why Nishan's
0: Gen Z. No, or he you not shot Angus. Off. I mean, sorry. Oh yeah, Angus. Yeah. Uh, Angus is. I always forget how young Angus you is. You know,
1: and the thing is, I would lump him in with those people that could potentially be <laughs> <get laughs> a problem. Yo, <laughs> I love yo, Angus yo. to death, but like he is definitely potentially yo. one of the issues. He shout dude, out Angus. Shout out <laughs> Angus. <laughs> yo, he's like a super saiyan. Man. Yeah, For dude. Real. His and X-Men. like his ability to turn off his brain and stop thinking about what he's doing and just do it is like absurd. Angus. Yeah, that's a good point. Because yeah. like One minute He is so concerned About what he's doing He's like I can't Don't pick this I can't I You got me No way And then next thing you know He's doing it Mock speed 12 times in a row Trying to hard 180 hours like, Yeah what? <laughs> Like 20 minutes ago No he was just yelling at you Trying to put stink pit shirts on you And you said Fuck stink pit <laughs> that, what what he that Yeah dude, least <laughs> Angus is a character, man. He's crazy. He he's literally yelled, fuck, stick, and they got on the rail. I was like, what the hell? Dude? <laughs> <laughs> he's the what great... He's an animal. He's the best guy. He beats the arm wrestle Conway. Oh, my <laughs> God. Dude. Ang, yeah, Angus is
0: phenomenal. Yo, He went from being that little kid to being, like, bigger than me, and I'm just like, my Dude, he's just so shit. good. He's
1: really? a little gorilla on his bike, dude. He can he is a fucking gorilla. He can do some... Gorilla. Really. You could do some shit. God damn. He'll try and five anything too. Bro. Big facts.
0: Yo, Angus, Noah, and Gunny, they're all like crazy little good, like mm-hmm. good. Yo, Gunny throwing truck drivers, like no problem nowadays. Fakey
1: bar off the dock at the DIY. Yeah, he just like doesn't care. Truck on that narrow ass thing. Yeah, when we showed up to those guys building the ramp, I was like, This isn't going well. Like <laughs> I was I was concerned at first when I seen what was going on. And ended up pulling through them. Yeah, yeah, they and did then decent enough. That's what enough. I, I was just about to say. Like, then I'm watching Instagram clips of Gunny throwing truck drivers yeah. off the ramp. I'm like, okay, like yeah, you guys, they, you know, did, you did the damn thing. They got like a little A-frame going on. They got a bank set up now. Yo,
0: I took the the rail and I put it up the A-frame yesterday, and it boots you, dude. For real? Yeah, you. I felt like I could uh, like soft thread fire
2: mids. I still can't believe that thing was in the woods.
1: Like I, I would yeah. love to know how long it
2: had been there
0: for uh, N Yo Mark asked me, he's like, Where'd that rail come from? And I was like, get ready for it. Yeah. It was hiding in the bushes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like I was like, you know how fucking Lawhead likes to explore shit? I was like, dude, he walked over there <laughs> and came out of the fucking bushes. Yeah, dude. With his rail. Hiding. Facts. Uh, he nowhere with it. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was like, he pulled it out of the bushes, and then he shot went up with a hard whip. Yeah, this is facts. That made that song hilarious. <laughs> oh fuck,
1: eight times over hard whipped. Yo, anyway,
2: I think we covered everything. Again, like I would just go back to like anybody that has the opportunity to drive far away, spend some time there, and come back, like just see how it affects how you think about where you are, especially if you think you. Like, even if you think you want to stay, like, there's not anything wrong with that, but, like, go see what else is out there just for the sake of being able to see it before you can't. Like, I think, like, culturally, so many people say, like, oh, I'll do this when I retire. And, uh, like, yeah, nowadays, people, like, you do live longer, you are healthier longer, whatever, but, uh, like, do it when you're younger because it's going to shape, like, how you view that next 40 working years or, like, what you do with your youth or, like, where you raise your kids. You know, go see what else is out there. And, uh make the most informed decision that you can kind of like take the time to talk about everything and uh, really look at every angle so yeah I highly recommend it go do that I I think that's what I learned from like, like this podcast was like therapeutic's not like the right word but it helped me get a lot of ideas formulated and out of my head that I might not have come to the same conclusion had I not been able to talk it out with you guys or like hear myself say it out loud and it's like you do learn more And uh, it's cool. Like, this kind of became something that, like, initially I hadn't pictured it being that, so...
1: Lawhead on that hero's journey. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it helped out, like... I think it helped, like... I mean, I wouldn't say, like, all the homies, but it definitely... Because, I mean, I've been great friends with Lawhead since I was, you know, 13, 14 years old. So to like see where I want to be as well. Like the things I want to do, like I know I want to travel, like I've already established that I want to go places and see the things before. And that was something that me and Matt, like ultimately like just agreed upon. We Mm -hmm. always agreed with that. Um, And Matt was like one of the people that like started me on that journey kind of with road trips and BMX and things like that. So like my travel bug came from that originally. Um, But I feel like it also helped me like solidify that I want to stay in this area and like stay around my family and my friends and like kind of at the age of 25 or 24 I've already gained the understanding of like I'm going to establish my life here but I'm always going to want to go see other things because like I can always see something else but there's only one place I call home Right, you know what I mean and like that's just kind of what it is.
2: You got to vicariously kind of do it through me and I just gave you like the spark notes of, here's what I learned, you know, apply this to your life. I think that's how it's been with everything with you, like, you know, 10 years back, it's like, I learned the hard way, I had the trial and error, I gave Shiloh, like, exactly how to do it, and it was like, okay, you didn't have to go through that struggle. And like, I've openly admitted Two, like, I have to, If somebody could tell me something and I don't believe them until I do it myself, mm-hmm. and I'll say, hey, you were right, but I had to do it for myself. Yep. So, stuff like this, like, people were telling me, like, why don't you just settle down by your parents? Why don't you stay in the area? And I was like, no, I might like somewhere else better. And <laughs> come full circle, like, they were right, like, but I had to learn it for myself and see it firsthand and come to that conclusion mm-hmm. myself.
0: oh yeah. Then we dropped that spot hunter. Yeah. <laughs> the spot hunter shit. Mhm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah yeah We're so gonna go have five. to do Spot Hunter 2 Yes The Yeah 2.0 is coming out It's gonna be called The yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah
0: We're gonna find all the rap songs that have them. <laughs> yeah. yeah Yeah I like that Yeah The current There's, there's actually
1: all... a song By Glock Called Yeah
0: <laughs> And like yeah. Be... <laughs> is that would be Cause it ain't good it's actually fine. it's fire is it fire should we make that the intro track to this, uh, to this oh my god dude it's great <laughs> <laughs> alright cool so it sounds like we're wrapping it up Any you want to go around in any last words I don't know no that's okay. it yeah. I, that's the completion that's the
2: trilogies out there you know hopefully yeah. people listen to this if you haven't listened to the first two check them out I think they had decent content you know I don't think it's like we went too far down the rabbit hole or uh, it got too specific that it wouldn't apply to a, a large audience yeah. So, yeah, I ramble about a lot of stuff, whether you're just into BMX or just into, like, I don't know, life stuff or traveling. Yeah, give it a shot. Check them all out.
0: Yo, know, if you were, like, a little kid and you had this, like, saga to listen to just because you had the time, you're, like, a little BMX kid and you're thinking about traveling and you're thinking about what your life's going to be like. Dude, you just, like, how Shiloh's benefited from your experiences, you're going to create a whole bunch of people yeah. listening to it. I mean, I don't know. What kind of reach this will have? You never know.
1: Not only that, but uh, what's, like, super tight is you kind of got, like, a little insight into what van life has been like. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this is what, like, Lawhead did a really extended version, obviously, of what we did as kids, and, like, I feel like a lot of what we did as kids was, like, Matt gearing up to do the stuff that he did in the past six months. Right. Because I remember driving to Texas, 26 hours straight when we drove back. You know what I mean? Like, we we did some shit and, like, we did a lot of drives. We did, we seen a lot of shit. Um, and we did, we did it in the worst conditions possible. (laughs) Um, but, uh, I feel like (laughs) overall, like, finally throughout all of, like, the, the younger days of us road tripping and things like that, Matt finally perfected, like, the craft of, like, road tripping extremely efficiently. Mm. Um, and this was like the ultimate test, and like now it's like you know back to square one. Like yeah,
2: here we are at home. Yeah, 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 exactly. It, it's weird because <clears throat> I never would have imagined like like we'll call it you know van life. Like those skill sets, or like just road trip life. The like building that skill set ten years ago. Like I hadn't, like starting out building that skill set ten years ago. This wasn't I really had, the plan. I had no idea it would culminate in me being like on the road living in different states for five months. Like I had no, right. I mean, even like two years ago, I had no idea I would do something like this. Just weirdly worked out, you know? I keep saying like, came full circle, but yeah, like, I don't think I'll do ever do a bigger road trip than this, but like, right. I've also said that like three other times. Like, <laughs> like, I'll never do another week road trip. And then I did, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah man. It'll be yeah. cool.
0: Cool. Well, thanks mm-hmm. for coming out Thanks for sharing your story Yeah That's a wrap Ishan thanks for showing up No Special <laughs> guest Good vibes Good vibes Shiloh Yo what up Alright take us out Key Glock
1: Key Glock Big ass diamond rings Big Glock Yeah Yeah Glitz yeah. up yeah. Hey, key. Yeah. 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 I got this big ass diamond ring Oh, uh, B-Rex in my jeans.